एवरी वन सो हेयर इज आई रिमेंबर यू बाई जशा शुगर दो तीर पार्ट वन चैप्टर ट्वेंटी सेवन आई होप यू आर गोइंग टू लाइक इट सो लेट्स गेट स्टार्ट इट चैप्टर ट्वेंटी सेवन इट वॉज नॉट पेन इन हर फुट और एल्सवेयर इन हर बॉडी दैट वो कैट रेन बट सिंपली द फैक्ट दैट शी हैड हैड इन स्लिप एट फर्स्ट सी वॉज कन्फ्यूज blinking slowly while the dream that had been so vivid a few moments before faded and slipped steadily away as she tried to recall it after finally waking fully what remained was only a hazy and uncomfortable memory of a nightmare in which she had done a terrible job as a teacher turned a blind eye to the poor treatment of her students and been forced to pay for it she could not place any of the students or remember the conclusion of the dream or whether she had been punished in fact she was relieved to wake up she was supposed to be feeling rested but her rapid heartbeat suggested that the dream had ended badly katrin turned on her side and looked at lif who was sleeping soundly only her eyebrows and a bit of her hair poked out of her sleeping bag She turned on her other side to look instead at Gardar as she wriggled in her sleeping bag she felt as if something were wrong so she could not grasp what it might be as soon as she laid eyes on Gardar's empty sleeping bag she realized what was bothering her and chuckled herself upright a terrible pain shot up the front of her calf from her injured instep but that it was nothing compared to the anguish that the abundant sleeping bag stirred in her it was too bright inside for it still to be night kardar her hoarse voice broke the silence no answer the house was absolutely still putty jumped up from where he had been lying at the foot of her sleeping bag and looked no less bewildered than she did newly awake as he was Catherine tried to breathe more calmly. Kardar had probably gone upstairs to sleep. Her sleep-intoxicated mind struggled to recall whether she had woken at some point in the night to take over from him, but to no, but to no avail. It could be that Liv had kept watch alone, and Catherine turned and shook the lamp lying motionless behind beside her. Liv, Liv, wake up! A vague murmur came from inside the bag. Catherine shook Liv's shoulder even harder. "Wake up! Kardar is gone." Liv sat up, not quite with the same energy as Catherine and Putty, but almost. She peered bewilderedly through the tousled hair hanging in her face, then clumsily pushed it aside to see better. "What time is it? I don't know." Catherine gritted her teeth. "Late enough for the sun to have risen." We have slept an awfully long time. Liv yawned without covering her mouth, subjecting Catherine to a vision of her rows of white teeth. Where is Kardar? Putty seemed to understand the question. He circled the room and sniffed the floor. When he encountered a dust ball, he sneezed comically, stopped his search, and sat down self-consciously. I don't know. It looks like he is gone. Catherine's voice was still hoarse. She realized that she had spoken far too loudly in her agitated state. He did not wake us. He did not wake us up in the night. Not me, anyway. He has a memory of him. Nothing had appeared in her mind, but vanished before she could fix it there. Maybe it had happened in the dream that was now lost to her. 
Me neither. Liv looked around in confusion. At least I don't think so. Catherine reached for Gerda's sleeping bag and ran her hand down its interior. The bag is freezing cold, so he has not just left. Putty misunderstood the message, leapt up and wagged his tail happily as he stepped onto the soft bag, where he curled into a ball contented. Maybe he is outside working on the porch or making us breakfast. Liv never changed. Her mood turned cheerful at the thought of someone pampering her. He did not answer when I shouted, so he could hardly be in the kitchen. And you can hear for yourself that there is no one working outside. Catherine tried to restrain her resentment. If someone had to go missing, why could not it have been Liv? She pulled herself together. Maybe he is gone down to the doctor's house to get something. For the first time now, they felt how cold it was inside, and Liv pulled her sleeping bag back up over her shoulders. Catherine did the same, and they sat there like that for some time without saying anything, both praying silently that the sound of that the sound of footsteps would come from the porch. But the only thing they heard was the soft ripple of the stream. Should not we go and see if he is outside? Liv gave Catherine an anguished look. But then her face brightened. Maybe he went down to the beach because he heard a boat. Although Catherine did not believe this for a mo- for a minute, she found it more comforting to have a possible explanation, no matter how unlikely it was. She clenched her jaw and stood up in a rather roundabout way in order to protect her foot. The heavy throbbing in her swollen instep intensified with each minute. Her foot was the only part of her body that felt burning hot. The question was no longer whether it was broken, but just how badly. Yet in the end, she managed to get herself out of her sleeping bag, and was then able to hop on one foot towards her jacket, which she had put in a corner of the room the night before. Luckily, she had not wanted to remove her trousers because of her foot. It would have been impossible now for her to put them back on, considering how much the swelling had increased. Catherine put on her jacket and supported herself on the wall as she walked to the door. She wanted to scream in pain every time she attempted to put weight on her injured foot. Footy, sensing this or reading it in her screwed-up face, jumped off the sleeping bag and came over to her, uncertain about how he could help her. Liv realized she would be alone if she did not get up, so she jumped up and dressed in a hurry. Liv's bushel made Katrine feel dizzy, and she held on tighter to the door frame for fear of toppling over. Even Putty moved away slightly to be safe. When most of the racket was over, Katrine hopped on one foot ahead of Liv, determined to get Gadar to help her make a crutch when he returned. There was nothing to see in the kitchen. And although that might have been clear to Katrine before she limped there, she was deeply disappointed not to see Gardar standing there preparing breakfast for them all. The air was stale and terribly cold, even colder than in the living room. The kitchen table looked exactly as they had left it the night before. On it were only the candlestick, matches, and the medicine bottle. A stack of dirty dishes waited patiently on the counter for someone to take them, along with the cups and glasses, out to the stream and rinse them off. 
That was hardly likely to happen any time soon. Catherine had not looked at anything else before Liv appeared in the doorway. She pointed at the damaged floorboards. Look, she tapped Catherine's shoulder and pointed. Gardar is Gardar started repairing it. Maybe he is going to look for tools or materials. Catherine looked around and saw the traces of the repairs made in the night or the morning. She could not recall having heard Gardar pottering about when she fell asleep or having woken to those kind of sounds. She hopped towards the broken floor in the hope of finding something there that might suggest what had happened to Gardar. As ridiculous as it was, she simply could not think of anything better to do. Supporting herself on the wall, she leaned forward to get a better look at the part of the floor he had been concerned with. Surprisingly, Putty did not follow her, but went and stood by Liv. Do you see any molds or fungus? Maybe Gardar was, maybe Gardar was poisoned and ran out to throw up. Liv sounded quite frightened. I told you to leave it alone. I told you. There was no nasty fungus to be seen. However, instead, it looked as if another layer of floorboards, much older in appearance, lay beneath the ones that had been removed. There is no fungus here. I I need a candle to get a better look, but I cannot see anything special. She frowned. But there is an awful smell coming from down there, probably from opening up the space that's been closed for so long. She took care not to breathe in too deeply. The area might contain bacteria that modern-day people could not handle, including Gardar. This floor is not that old, Catherine. The last man who owned the house installed it, remember? That was only three years ago. Liv had moved as far away from the area as the confines of the kitchen allowed. If it smells bad, it is because of the fungus. Even though you cannot see it, it could still be there. Instead of arguing about this, Catherine pulled, Catherine pulled herself away from the wall and the half-finished repairs. She had not found Gardar under the floorboards. Putty greeted her enthusiastically when she reached Liv as if he were seeing her for the first time after several days' absence. Under normal circumstances, she would have enjoyed the dog's behavior, but for the moment her mind was occupied with something entirely different. Gardar! Katrin shouted as loudly as she could. No reply. Maybe he is sleeping upstairs, Liv. Would you mind looking? Why should he have gone up there? The mattresses and sleeping bags are down here, and he would have answered if he were there. Liv's expression gave no indication that she was about to go upstairs alone. He would definitely have woken up with all our shouting. Catherine breathed in and counted to ten in her head. No, definitely, Liv. You did not wake up when I called. You did not wake up when I called out to him before. Besides, he was probably up all night. He did not wake us, remember? And if he has been missing about with the floor all night, he could very well just be completely out of it. But what if he is not upstairs? I don't want to go up there alone. Cannot you go or at least come with me? I can hardly get from one room to another. How am I supposed to go up the stairs? Believe me, I would if I could. Katrine knew she would have to do better than this to get Liv to do what she was asking. 
I will come and stand by the stairs where I can see you at all times and the only thing you need to do is open the door to the bedroom and peek in. Putty can go with you if it would make you feel better. But what if we both go and stand by the stairs and shout as loudly as we can? If Gadar does not answer, then we will know he is not up there. But what if he is there and cannot answer or he has been knocked out or something? What then? Finally, Leaf was persuaded to go up while Katrine watched from the bottom of the stairs and argued her own. Leaf took Putty with her but had to hold on to him since he tried to turn around at every step and go back to Katrine. Open the door, nothing will happen. Katrine tried to sound encouraging but could not suppress the thought that she was glad she was not in Leaf's shoes. There was no windows in the stairwell, making it dark and cold. Katrine regretted not having brought a candle. Kardar, Liv's weak voice would not have disturbed a conscious person, never mind a sleeping one. Are you there? She grabbed the doorknob and pushed the door open. Putty stared straight down at Katrine, her eyes telling her that he did not have a clue why he could not be downstairs with her. Liv turned to Katrine with a look of relief. Nothing. Then she went to the next door and did the same, and again there was nothing to see in the room. The third and the final door was a little too far down the hall for Katrine to see all the way. When Liv realized this, she went back and stood on the top step. I don't want to open any doors unless I can see you. She made ready to come down. I'm not kidding. I'm not going to do it, okay? Katrine shied and grabbed the handrail. With great effort, she managed to wriggle up the steps high enough to see the third door. It led to the room where they had previously been sleeping. Try it now, I can see you clearly. Liv turned around and walked down the hallway but looked back twice on her way to reassure herself that Katrine could still see her. Finally, she came to the door and stood there awkwardly before looking nervously at Katrine who signaled to her to hurry up and get it over with. At that, Leaf grew bolder and opened the door more firmly and confidently than she had the other two, which was a shame considering how startled she was by what she saw. Leaf let Putty drop without thinking. The dog landed more or less on his feet and ran immediately back to Katrine, leaving Leaf behind by herself. What's there? Katrine was preparing herself mentally to have to clamber all the way up to see what Liv was staring at. Is it Kardar? She felt burning tears forming in the corners of her eyes, while part of her brain constructed all sorts of images of her husband dead in the empty ice-cold room. Her question rose to Liv. No, no, it is not Kardar. She turned from the door, crossed the hallway in a few large strides, and took two stairs at a time to get down to Katrine. When she got there, she hung trembling onto Katrine, who just managed to keep her balance by supporting herself against the wall. She did not want to tumble down the stairs again, though the fall would be shorter than last time. There is nobody in there, I swear. Katrine stared at her open-mouthed. The floor is covered with fucking shells, and I felt someone breathe in my face. She looked at Katrine and seemed to be irritated by how indifferently she reacted. There was nothing there last night when we went to get the sleeping bag. 
not one shell and i am not making it up about the breathing i am sure that disgusting stench is still sticking to my skin she glanced sidelong down the hallway katrin smelled a putrid odor as she turned her head Is that some sort of misguided joke on Gardar's part? Do you think he is hiding here somewhere to see our reactions? No, Katrin knew in her heart that this was not the explanation. Gardar would not be wasting time collecting shells at the beach just to scare them, especially not when he was exhausted in the middle of the night. But there was something else that convinced her that Gardar had nothing to do with this. which was a soft sad voice inside her telling her that he was gone for good that she would never see him again that voice faded as they went outside to continue their search for gardar although leaf supported katrin they made slow progress and realized almost immediately that they would not get far and would never manage to comb the entire area they spied tracks in the snow going from the porch toward the sea a route they could not recall any of them having taken before the tracks were recent and large enough to convince them that they were gardars they looked around the house without any success and then decided to try to follow the tracks at least for some distance along the way leaf regularly called gardars name loudly and shrilly until katrin asked her to stop she found it uncomfortable to hear the silence return after every shout each time more painful to her than the last katrin was at her wits and when they came across another set of tracks looking as if whoever made them had fallen from the sky and landed next to gardar putty sniffed at them but jumped back immediately with a soft whine come on leaf let's go back inside and lock the door behind us the voice inside her head now sounded louder then before as it kept on repeating the familiar refrain casing katrin's head to spin gardar is not coming back she watched three distant seagulls flying in circles over the sea and plunging downwards to snatch the food that was waiting for them below she could not rid herself of the horrible feeling that gardar was floating there half submerged with the sea birds pecking at whatever was left of him She stared sadly at the tracks and watched a tear fall from her cheek. It landed in the snow between two prints made by a barefoot child. Thank you for joining me. I hope you like it.